0: Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 45 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva. We're in uh, week 687 of isolation. And uh, I, I don't know how many podcasts we've recorded. And I don't know how many uh, small snack items I've eaten. But Charles, how you? How are you doing over there? Doing fine. Um, like you, I'm sort of getting...
1: Losing my mind in this Fucking boring quarantine, but what is important? We're safe. What's important? We're getting the stuff we need to survive, and I hope everyone else is keeping safe out there.
0: Yeah, definitely a, 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 a weird time, and I, I continue to uh to tell my kids like you're living you're living a, a moment where nothing will ever be the same again on the on the other side of this. Like you're in a you're in a history book right now. So I've been encouraging my kids to uh, to write a lot about it and what they think about it. And I would say the same goes for a lot of you, like what we have, um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they've said like, they will, we have an opportunity to be like part of history books, to be primary sources for, uh, for the history books of the future here as we kind of go through this time. So I think even things like our podcast where we're recording all this, uh, all these strange things are going to be out there forever for people to go back and and, kind of remember what was going on at this crazy, crazy time. And um, so we don't have, uh, as as you guys know, we don't have a ton of Marvel news. We were surprised uh, last week when we had so much we could talk about when they when they um relayed out the Phase Four slate. Um, but this hasn't been um, as productive of a week. But we do have a few, I guess, tidbits that we could talk about. And um, I guess one one fairly major thing that that went on. So Charles, where do we want to start today?
1: I guess um, you want to talk about that random. Sort of Bob Iger's random return to his old position, like a month after it was announced he was leaving it.
0: Yeah, that that seems to be the biggest um, the biggest news piece of the week, right? So if you guys haven't seen it, I, I think was it yesterday when he when it was um, announced that Bob Iger just just literally a month or so after stepping down um, stepped back up into his uh, role at Disney to kind of oversee the company. Um, for the for the foreseeable future, as we go through this, and they are, and I know a lot of people don't think of it like this. They are in a in a world of hurt financially right now. Did you did you also see that yesterday? They took out a five billion dollar uh, credit lien, basically. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot going on uh, for sure with with this whole situation. But yeah, Bob Bob's hopping back in the big chair.
1: Yeah, that was that was so fucking weird. I get that. He has the urge to sort of save the company he he built, sort of built in these past fifteen years. So he's sort of, I guess, he's very protective of not wanting the company to tank now that he's gone. Especially as as you, as you all know, all these all, all everything that's happening now is unforeseen. Everyone's taking a hit. Um, Disney, like you said, there was a bailout yesterday, sort of just to save it from from going under. And you know, it's it's. I just find it weird that he had to announce his resignation effective immediately a month ago, and now he's back here. I feel like he should have held back a bit for a couple of weeks or months before announcing that.
0: Yeah, he's he certainly um, the timing of it. I guess, I, I, and you've seen I've seen people say this, like, "Oh man, the timing of it was was strange," is because he stepped away when many people. In the business in the business sector um, saw this thing coming in and there were there were uh, people who knew that this was going to be a big deal and this was going to hurt and people were saying like how coincidental that that's when he decided to walk away but now seeing him step back in um, I think maybe some that kind of changes changes the outlook on that right it's it kind of revises what people might have been thinking was going on in the first place he's certainly um, stepping up and trying to trying to keep things running and, and as smoothly as they can and <clears throat> I mean there's no no timeline that I've seen that suggests the parks are opening up um, anytime soon, and maybe not even until the end of summer. So they, they, are, they are losing their main source of, of revenue between uh, the, the movies being shut down and the parks being shut down. They, they've got almost nothing going on at this point.
1: Yeah, and other sort of tidbits we have this week, we also have this sort of John Krasinski story that's been sort of circulating these past few hours that he was in a meeting recently with uh, kevin feige for god knows whatever project um I, i've never sort I've never kept my not disdain but, but my disinterest for john Krasinski as mr fantastic a secret i've always talked about that he's such a he's such a basic choice and i've sort of I, I kind of hate the 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 ripped sort of Reed richard's depiction I, I prefer the super nerdy, super lanky, super, someone you could actually beat up kind of reader. And Krasinski never sort of evoked that, that, that sort of gravitas. He always, he always sort of felt like, you know, like as, uh, like some of you know, he was up for, he was up for the Captain America role a couple of years mm-hmm. back. So he sort of evokes that leader, bad ass. When he, when he enters the room, you don't want to mess with him. He's like the kind of guy who could beat you up. So, I hope, I hope he's not playing Mr. Fantastic. I hope he's um, playing someone else. I saw someone say that he'd make a good Cyclops, but what about you? Are What, what are you hoping to get out of this sort of meeting between Krasinski and Marvel Studios?
0: Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think, like I've talked about it before, I don't see him as like uh, as Reed Richards when I think about it. I know that um, people like the idea, because I, I could deal with Emily Blunt as Sue. Um, I, I think... People just like the idea of an actual married couple being in there. But when I, I, I think of um, Reed Richards, I definitely think of someone who's a genius, who's a little bit more aloof, right? Like who's who's just distant. It's, and I don't I don't think that this is like the best analogy, but like the way the way that Jeff Goldblum exists in real life is probably similar to what it would be like to be Reed Richards, right? Like to just be, be in just in a totally different place than whoever else you're talking to. And I don't know that Jeff Goldblum does that because he's a super genius or he's just a little bit strange. But but just imagine (laughs) those kinds of conversations that like when you listen to Jeff Goldblum talk, that's that's what it would sound like um, talking to Reed in my head. Right. Except Reed would be talking about things you can't understand because you're not on the same level intellectually, not because he keeps taking strange tangents. Um, So for me, I, I liked A Quiet Place quite a bit. Um, I think is a good dude, obviously, and I I like some of his work. I would like to see him direct before I would like yeah. to see him take over as Reed. I think that would be fine with me. I'd be interested in in what kind of projects he might want to work on on that side of the camera.
1: Yeah, same as for as far as directing goes, he's he's proven his sort of his worth with Quiet Place. We all know how much of a smash hit that that became. I'm excited for the quiet place too. Um, in other sort of tidbits we have here, Taika Waititi did a, like a quarantine watch-along with Thor Ragnarok, where he unveiled some interesting concept art for the fourth Thor film. We got a first look at New Asgard, looked very Viking-y, looked like a Viking town and all all those cool Viking ships. We got a first look at Um Meek, who we now know is a, is a female character. Meek was wearing some kind of cool... I don't know what... Some cool, some kind of cool exoskeleton, and she was wearing sort of a pant, sort of a pantsuit. And what else did we get? Um, I think that was it for the Taika stuff. Um, so I want to, I want to know what you think of
0: the stuff we got from Taika. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I don't know. He made so many jokes during it. I had, I talked with someone else online. I was like, is this concept art also a joke, or is this like where he's actually going with this? Um, (laughs) I don't i don't know it's just it's interesting he is such a eccentric and and different dude i mean but and i I actually apparently there's a meek fan club because some people were were pissed and talking about forced representation if he makes meek a girl and i was like jesus christ dude he's meek is a bug and I, I know like in the in the comics that meek had a little bit different role and i don't think we're ever going to see that role play out here in uh in the MCU, so if he wants to have some fun with it, I mean, go for it.
1: Yeah, it's fucking insane that people have a problem with that with the gender rather than sort of the the role they gave Meek in the films not staying faithful to... How pivotal Meek is actually to um, uh, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk. Yeah, it's fucking insane, and I hope they sort of get over that bullshit. Also very funny that, as you mentioned, Tycho is very... It was very um, jovial in his in his stream, and we saw that fucking hilarious fake Thor script with uh, <laughs> with all the the terrible lines. Tony, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Like, so it was <laughs> fucking, it was it was so fucking hilarious. And did you see his sort of banter with Mark Ruffalo when he popped in uh, into that stream?
0: That was actually the only part of the the stream that I watched was him talking to Ruffalo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was very fucking funny. Taika like, was sort of teasing that Hulk may return at some point in this movie, but I wouldn't count on it. Is that something you could possibly see? Thor, uh, rather Hulk, appearing for the second time in Thor's story?
0: Um, I think everyone liked the, the, the relationship with Thor and Hulk, even dating back to the first Avengers. Um, and so, I, yeah, it would be fine. I just don't know where there's room, right? We've talked about that before. Um, I've got it in my head that they're going to be on like Thor is going to be in space on one part of a journey, and Jane's going to be on Earth in another part of her own journey. And I don't, I just don't know how much room we've already got. The Guardians, and uh, it kind of feels like we might, you know, you're getting your your new villain, and you might meet some other new characters too. So I don't know, but I I love um, the the relationship that that Hulk and Thor have uh, have forged. So I I'd like I wouldn't mind it, but I just don't know. How much room there is for it?
1: Last one here. I just saw this now. Um, a studio insider from Sony is saying that the third Spider-Man film is still on track for July 2021. Quick thoughts on this?
0: Oh, uh, this is another like. These are the things that piss me off. Um, like I-, I made the joke the other day when Gunn had the tweet that said like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has not been affected by the coronavirus, and then I was like, great. How many news stories is this going to propagate? These are not stories, right? Like, right, yes, yeah. as of right now, Spider-Man 3 is still on track because they haven't moved it yet. You don't have to be a fucking insider to understand that they haven't moved it yet, right? So these are, these are the kinds of things that, this is what news is turning into right now in, in our little segment of the world with a lack of actual news, right? So, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to be an insider to understand that so far Sony hasn't moved it, so so far it's still on track. Um, but I think we all should know that anything is possible at this point, including, for all we know, what Disney put Mulan in July. I don't know when they moved it, like, and they, and they moved Black Widow to November. We don't know what we don't know that Black Widow is actually going to air in November at this point. Like, we're not sure we see we see this thing come and go in waves. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just those are those are things that you can read the headline. If you can read the headline and get every little bit of information that you need to know out of the headline, then there's no story.
1: Okay, so you want to do our next sort of segment. Me and Charles were sort of brainstorming on what to talk about, and we had something planned. But right before we recorded, Charles brought up a very interesting topic that I think we should explore because it sounds like a super fun one.
0: It's It's been hard on us not having news, but we've been trying to have some conversations about some things that would... Um, that would still appeal to you guys as fans of comics and movies and comic book movies. And, and so we had like Charles said, we had one idea and then last night, I don't know if I was getting ready for bed or what I was doing, but I started, I got in my head and started thinking, and I think we have a couple different things that we'll be able to run out over the next couple of weeks. Um, and this one that seems kind of fun was I asked Charles last night and I said, I, I know who my pick is like who, who's a guy or what is an X-Men uh, power that is super weird or obscure, but that you think is actually a badass power. So yeah, like everybody thinks at school that Wolverine can pop his claws out. Um, but what is what is like a really awesome power that one of the X Men has um, that that maybe you don't think about often, or maybe maybe isn't like even a mainstream guy. So Charles, do you want to do you want to jump in and go first? Do you want me to go? You go ahead. So my guy in this in this uh, strange little question is Doug Ramsey or Cypher. Um, and, and if you guys don't know who Doug Ramsey is, who Cypher is, he's been in the New Mutants. He's been um, playing a little bit bigger role in Hickman stuff here lately. But his, his ability, his mutant ability, is basically that he can um, uncode or, or decode or decipher any language. Um, and that can be any, any sort of communication whatsoever. So it's been, he's been able to, to read body language. He's been able to do computer code. He can ha- he can talk to plants. He can communicate with literally anything. And it's just such a, such a fascinating idea is that despite the fact that he's otherwise totally human, he's not one of the X-Men who can, you know, shoot rockets out of his ass, or if he gets shot by a bullet, he's going to die. Um, but he is such a such a it's such a powerful weapon to have. Um, again, Charles brought this up when we were talking earlier. He's the kind of person who could topple an empire all by himself without having to kill anybody. He is he is really um, just a it just, and it's such a, a really cool power. So I don't know off the top of my head who even created him or who invented him um, in the comics or or thought through what his power set was going to be. But it's, it's something that I think one of the cool things about the X-Men is that when new writers pick up the X-Men, they oftentimes do cool new things with the powers that maybe the creators hadn't thought of, right? So, so you, can, um, you can all of a sudden take these powers and, and keep them based the same way, but expand them. And I think that's happened uh, with Cypher quite a bit over, over the time he's been in the comics.
1: I don't know how far you've gotten with your sort of X-Men Messiah complex reading, but Cypher plays a key role in that yeah. arc. I think I think he comes into really comes into into the forefront I think in Messiah War or something like that but he's he sort of flexes his what he can do and how useful his powers are in that story which I think is fucking amazing
0: um, yeah, that's, for that's me that's got me thinking about it
1: Yeah yeah uh, for me I'm sort of it's so hard because I everyone sort of, with, with with so many mutants their powers tend to overlap like, this guy can fire lasers. laser, this guy can do this, this guy has the like, healing factor, but with a twist. So it's kind of hard to find one that's truly unique, like um, Cypher. But w- one sort of power set that sort of interests me is, is um, are the Summers powers. How Vulcan, Havoc, and Cyclops have, have always had this sort of unified idea of how their powers work, but at the same time, they're also different. Like I remember reading Cyclops' powers, his laser, his optic blast, is not actually something that heats stuff. It's it's a concussive force that when you get hit by his laser, it's like getting fucking punched in the head. And Havok's power, on the other hand, if I'm not mistaken, is sort of it's based on temperature. Like when when he when he fires at something, it heats and it, it explodes. And Vulcan, obviously, he, he he has sort of the um he's sort of the bridge the bridge between the two in that both both for those who don't know, Cyclops and Havoc can't hurt each other with the comics, but Vulcan is sort of the only person that can harm his siblings with his, his powers. So I've always found that very, very interesting. As we all know, Vulcan is an Omega-level mutant. He can fucking control basically any, any semblance of energy out there. So it's not only, it's all, it's not only Alex and Scott that's fucked with, when they're actually in a fight with Vulcan, but it's sort of anyone who has energy-based powers. It's just something I've been sort of interested in how how their powers connect with each other. And that's sort of my first pick for this
0: discussion. Yeah, and that, that's, that's actually the it's It's fun to hear you say that because in one of our quarantine isolation nights here, we watched the super forgettable uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. And it, they have like the young, the teenager, uh, Scott Summers, and Sabretooth is chasing him down in the school. And when he shoots off the the optic blast in there it's burning shit up, and I was screaming at the t v and telling my kids how stupid it was that that this is, he does not heat stuff up it's a concussive force, and they're like, "I don't get it what's wrong with it?" I was like, he can't melt stuff like it doesn't yeah. this isn't what his powers are but they've they've definitely taken um taken that and, and twisted it in the movies uh but yeah though that that's an interesting idea there to think about how those um the relationship that they have and uh, how their powers um, are related. I think another one along those lines are like uh, Banshee and Siren have kind of the the same powers, right? They're related and have the same powers.
1: Um, one character that also stands out to me that I've always been fascinated with is Cannonball. How... Like, I don't quite know how his powers work. All I know is that when he flies, he's invincible. And for me, that's a, like fucking crazy how that sort of explained sort of summarized in that um it says here on the wikipedia that he generates thermochemical energy and releases it from the skin i'm not quite sure if he can if if he can like sort of project this energy from maybe his hands and not his lower body but yeah it's fucking crazy and i also like how he sort of connected to this group called the externals which which is not which has no relation to the term, this sort it's a, it's of a Rob Liefeld creation, but it's basically a bunch of mutants with that have powers of immortality. And again, it's it, I just find it interesting how these two things can be connected.
0: Yeah, he's and he's um a character that is just uh, I mean, unfortunately, you're, you, he's supposed to be one of the main characters coming up here in this new mutants movie, which looks like it's going to be one of the most forg- forgettable things that's ever happened between the seven year delay. And, and it's sad because some of those characters are, are great characters, but he's certainly one in there. That's that's um, an interesting character and his power sources. Like he's, he's invulnerable, right? Like when he's flying, when he's, when he's launched off, you can't hurt him. It's crazy. Um, there's, I would, I would love to have sat down and like, listened to the guys who sketched these out and thought about these powers and how they, how they came up with it, and then, like, just to track how different people have tried to explain it away later on.
1: Who's the mutant with... um that doesn't have a mouth, because his mouth sort of exploded when his powers manifested? Oh,
0: uh, Jono, what's his name?
1: Yeah, uh, fuck, what's his
0: name? Chamber. Chamber, yeah.
1: Yeah, if those are one of the mutants that have, like, the fucking craziest sort of explanation. Um, If I'm not mistaken, Chamber is... A Grant Morrison, um, ex, uh, creation which sort of which may explain how fucking insane his powers are because that Grant Morrison X-Men has a lot of fucking weird
0: mutants. Like, like this, is, he was Generation yeah. X, so Scott Lobdell.
1: Oh, Scott Lobdell, not Grant Morrison. Well, well, it's all—he it, it, sounded like a fucking Grant Morrison creation because, like I said, that run has a, has a very weird cast of characters. Um, Quentin Quire, we mentioned before we recorded has some of the craziest fucking abilities here and I forgot that fucking that, that, that mutant that looks like a like a bird that's not forgot forgot his name Beak? Let me see Beak yeah Beak who who hooked up with um, Beak hooked up yeah Beak hooked up with another mutant there that had sort of like bug wings and they had like weird bird bug babies right
0: because, like, you look at Pixie and they, uh, and she's, like, has the mutant part. Like, her mutant ability is that she's, like, a fly. She has wings, but they're, like, fly wings. And so she pukes up, like, acid and, and has to puke on the food for the kids to eat it and all that weird stuff. That's so weird. What do you think of these mutants that sort of, sort of have a
1: connection with more ancient races? Like, um, obviously, uh, Warren Worthington, Angel, and Nightcrawler being the son of a demon. What do you think about sort of mutants like this?
0: Oh, I've always, I've always thought that like Nightcrawler is one of my favorite, and it's, and I think it's just that like all of his um, the strange stuff that he has to fight through in his head because he wants to be, he's so religious and, and wants to be, you know, a good person that does good things, but he ha- you know has a hard time kind of escaping that um, the truth of who he is, or like um, oh, and the and the X Force run that I just read. There Celine played a huge role, right? And so she's one of the externals and one of like the oldest um, eat mutants on on the planet. And she has like s- basically she'd do anything, right? Like by the point by the time you get around to her, she can do just about anything. And she's just obsessed with like draining the life away from everybody. But I always thought like so the the externals. I don't know that I read too much through there. I mean, I know I know some of the people who are related to that, but. Yeah, I think those some of those things are super interesting. And I like I like you said, Nightcrawler is probably the one that I would say I, I have I would have the most interest in like thinking about his his connections because of the, because of that dichotomy it plays for him and that that difficulty he has in accepting that part of him.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a demon, but he also wants to get into heaven, which is which I mean it it, it, it makes for very interesting fucking storytelling. Um Another mutant that sort of stands out here, I mean, he, he's, he's the star of his own fucking show, David Holland, Legion. The thing yeah. that sort of chaps me about the show is that it doesn't sort of get into the multiple personality aspect of the character. I think it's think sort of been the most interesting part about him being a mutant in that he has so many fucking powers and it's almost near impossible to tell how many... Powers he has because each personality that manifests has its own power, and I mean, Legion himself has sort of fucking reality-altering powers on his own. So add that, add to that, like a hundred more personalities with their own abilities. He's a fucking. I, I, I can't see how someone, someone would be able to fight
0: him. No, and they he played a, 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 like a key role in <clears throat> in that um, in part of that run that i just ran through with messiah warren complex and he was in the new mutants um for for a little bit of time there when they were hit the head and they were kind of like trying to categorize or identify all of his personalities and they had like a really cool panel in there where they showed like inside of his head and it had like a like shelving units basically numbered with all the different people um kind of on there you've seen cabin in the woods uh where they where they kind of have that big room where they have all the monsters tucked away in each of their individual little chunks and that's kind of what it looked like and and that's like inside of his head so he is and that would be something to that would be so interesting and then a character that you would hope they could do down the line in an X-Men movie and, and do something like that and explore that side of things cuz it like you said like each one of them has it's his own his or her own set of powers in addition to Legion's set of powers it's just a he'd be a an absolute Killer, if he could stay, uh, stay together.
1: Yeah, is is that the um, the Marvel now run where he's he's the lead? He
0: was in it. Was was that in Legacy where he took over? Something like that. I
1: remember. It was Legacy. Seeing the X, yeah, X Men Legacy. I think that's the one where each, each each issue had its own like cool cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I need to check out. Um what do you think of Zorn though? Grant Morrison's fucking Zorn, who unveiled himself to be Magneto, but later appeared as an actual separate character.
0: So so we're saying Zorn who actually has like a star in his head? Yeah, that's Zorn. Did you yeah, read that wrong? That's awesome.
1: It's pretty fucking weird. I, I've always thought that the fact that he ends up as Magneto. That's the twist, and it doesn't make fucking sense how he pulled that off.
0: No, that that's an interesting. I I, I did read through that not too awful long ago. I don't. That's in the new X Men, right? Where Zorn and is Magneto, um, and and then I feel like somewhere else there I read recently too. There was like an alternate reality take on it where they had him and they're like. Is there's like another one, a brother or something. So one's got a son yeah. in their head and one's got a black hole, right?
1: Yeah, that, that, dude, that's fucking Jonathan Hickman in The Ultimates. That's what he did to, ah, yeah. to Zorn. Yeah, that's when um, forgot what, what was happening, but that's when that sort of coincides with the rise of Maker Reed Richards.
0: Yes, that's where it was.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah, that, that was fucking sick. Another another one of Hickman's amazing sort of takes on, on characters that are that can otherwise be lackluster
0: you know what's another one that, now we're talking about the, um some of those runs and I was thinking about Peter David's X Factor, such a weird character but Layla Miller whose who's mo- mutant power is that she knows stuff, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I only know Layla Miller from um, House of M where she's the one that sort of wakes everyone up uh, I never really understood how how her powers work. Do they ever get to what well, what she actually does?
0: Not not in anything that I've read because I haven't read through that whole run. But I know that she she goes on some weird like I d- I did read a chunk of it where she got like sent out in time with uh, with Madrox and and then came back yeah. with like the big the M emblem on yeah. her face and she had gotten older and it seemed like even her powers had changed a little bit, but. And I was—that's what I actually was thinking about. Was like I don't know how her powers work. I don't know if she knows how her powers work. I don't know if they ever figured that out. But I always felt like it was like a joke that Peter David was making in the X Factor stuff that I did run. That nobody knew how her powers worked, and nobody was ever going to know how her powers worked. Like it was just—just just, you're just supposed to accept that she just knows stuff, right? And it was just like the ongoing joke.
1: Um, speaking of mutants with absolutely unique powers, I mean, we gotta fucking talk about Darwin, who has the power to basically survive any situation he's in many ways invincible and vulnerable and that if you burn him his skin will adapt to the fire if you throw him into space his lungs will find a way to breathe if you throw him under the water he's gonna he's gonna grow gills um unfortunately we saw that really shitty take on x-men first class where he sort of dies which again makes no sense if he if he had gotten shot his his body would have adapted to it so that makes no fucking sense, but yeah, Darwin is a fucking one of the best characters to to ever hit the pages of X Men, and and he's a Ed Brubaker creation, by the way.
0: Yep, and he comes in in that in Deadly Genesis, right? Which is uh, a yeah. and I I hope that when and now and Deadly Genesis for those of you that haven't read it is really cool because what it does is it it kind of like takes a time in between and says, like, hey, there was this other group of X-Men that you never knew about before. Um, and, and Brubaker, it, it, he was good at that, right? Like, he did the same thing, kind of like reinventing um, Bucky Barnes's life as the Winter Soldier and, and just, like, re- rewriting history a little bit. So, hey, there was this other team of X-Men that you never, ever heard about. And none of the other X-Men even knew that they existed either. And that's where uh, Darwin came in, and that's where um, Vulcan was introduced, too, right? That's how you get... Um, gabriel summers in the in the whole mix of things and that's that's a story that i hope like down the road too that that gets turned into something um in the mcu where they actually kind of introduce those characters properly because you're right the the way that they did darwin in first class was just a joke and even the decision to have darwin in in the first class was silly like that's not where he belonged i don't i didn't know i never knew what was going on there but yeah that's darwin's a a super cool character and he's been in a couple of things i've been reading lately too He said if he gets shot, he would just adapt to it. I think at one point he said, somebody shot him and he goes, thanks to you, my body's now learned how to eat bullets.
1: Yeah, there's a scene in in the League genesis where as he's growing up, he's getting bullied a lot with the way he looks. And there's a point there where he he decides to fucking kill himself by jumping off a building. And when he jumps, he floats down very slowly like he's fucking Mary Poppins. What (laughs) happens is his body basically adapts to the air and sort of Finds a way to make him lighter, so his bones don't break when he lands. And I, 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 I like that moment where he sort of realized that, oh shit, I can fucking kill, I can't kill myself at all. I have to deal with this. And I think that's sort of the turning point on where, why he sort of joins um, Moira McTaggart and um, um, Professor X's recruitment. Um, speaking of Weylandis, also, I kind of like the idea of Krakoa being a living sort of island. Was he ever established as sort of a mutant, or is is he just something? Is he like a living thing that's not exactly a mutant?
0: That's what they've been talking about in um, in Hickman's run. They've been like kind of exploring what Krakoa really is and, and getting a little bit deeper into it. Um, like he was. Have you read any of that stuff where he's part of um, kind of part of a whole? Like he's he's a half of a whole. There's another part of another island, another part of him that's missing. Mm, yeah. So I don't, I guess I don't know if it's, I guess I've always thought it that he was a, a living being that was a mutant, yeah.
1: You know who else I like? I fucking dig Forge. My my appreciation for Forge started in that Um, I don't know if you've seen this the X-Men Evolution series where it's sort of like a teen X-Men show where they're in high school. Forge there His power's there. I mean, in the comics, he's just a very smart guy. He can sort of build anything. But in the X-Men Evolution show, he's got an arm that can transform into any fucking device, which as a kid I found super fucking insanely cool. And when I found out in the comics, he's just a smart guy. I was sort of like bummed out. But I kind of like how his powers is his mind. And he can sort of build or deconstruct anything. Any contraption
0: he finds, you know, Forge. Forge is pretty cool. I actually been I had been watching the uh, the Marvel Legends go and try to try to get a cheap, finally get them for cheap, and I got them for like twelve bucks. Um, <laughs> not too them go, and I've always I've always kind of liked Forge. I think the other someone else who's like that for me um, that I've kind of always dug, and they gave her like an interesting story too. Um, is Sage. Like, the, I don't know how many people know, like, how they retconned her or or not. Um, Do you know know what I'm talking about?
1: No, Sage, I have to search who Sage is.
0: So, so they introduced her, um, like, she came back around later, and then they said, like, oh, this was actually this girl named Tessa who was in the Hellfire Club, and she was actually a spy for Xavier this whole time. Um, But she's, like, she's been doing, like, the whole man in the chair thing. Um, for the X-Men and Hickman stuff, and she doesn't have like, I mean, she's she's a mutant done a lot of training, so she can kick some ass and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, basically, she's just really, really smart. That that's her that's her main power. I know that she's done some other stuff, but she's like, um, like just processes everything in her head so fast, and and she does a lot of like data stuff for him and thinking and plotting and planning and strategy. Um, but yeah, she's just, like, she can sit in, in there and, and have a conversation with Beast and be on the same level as him intellectually, um, while she's also doing three other things in her head. She's, so, she's also kind of, like, Forge, like, she's just really cool for that reason, that her, her mutant power is just, that she's a fucking genius.
1: As far as visual powers go, I'm really, I really dig the Age of Apocalypse version of Sunfire, with the one with the flaming head, with the... With the Japanese flag on his face, I that's sort of my favorite costume for any mutant ever. And then when you see Sunfire's six-one-six costume, it's like the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, no that that is actually I hate we've talked about it a lot. I don't like that art in Age of Apocalypse, but that is a really a really good look.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of wish we 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 get Sunfire in the in in the future films because as far as we know, we only got Sunspot. We got Sunspot in um, Days of Future Past, I think, and we're getting him in um, New Mutant. So I hope they do good on Sunfire, another fire mutant character.
0: And even Sunspot, like they did okay with him in in Days of Future Past, but when you talk about like visually cool looking stuff, the transformation that that Bobby goes through to become what he looks like when he's sunfire sunfire and the stuff he can do is could be um, a lot cooler, right? Or sunspot. Yeah. Sunspot, I said sunfire. Sunspot. Um, it could be a lot better looking than what it is.
1: I mean in then in Days of Future Press, he'll look like fucking human torch. But in the comics when he when he sort of flames on, he's not on fire. He's fucking covered in black spots.
0: Yeah. Just in, in well, just like a in, in amorphous black kind of keeps a face to him but it's just like his body just turns into like that black energy and it's really it's cool looking in the comics and I think they've kind of missed it when they did Days of Future Past like they did with a lot of other stuff but yeah definitely one of the Sunfire you're right is one of the cooler looking AOA ones at least is one of the cooler looking designs.
1: Talking about um, Messiah Complex and Messiah War one character I find super bland actually is Hope. I kind of don't like what she, what she becomes in, um, what do you call this, Avengers vs. X-Men? That sort of thing where she's like sort of the, the vessel for Phoenix at the same time. The thing with the Iron Fist stuff, I, I thought that was kind of whack. But as far as her being sort of the MacGuffin in that whole Messiah War ordeal, I kind of dug.
0: That, those three arcs put together, and I don't know how many years worth of, of you know comic books it was, that was really well played well planned out and well thought out and it ended up being like a it paid off at the end right now like what she turned into after that and she doesn't really have much of a role at all right now really i mean she's kind of disappeared since avengers since avx i guess but yeah that as far as what she did in that and and them chasing her and how um i mean how much it did then and how much it set up for later it was a that was a huge undertaking for I guess Kyle and Yost were the the two architects of it, and some other people like Zeb Wells was in there as well, and some other guys too. But um, I think Fraction. But yeah, that's a you're right. That her her role there was was really cool.
1: Uh, I, I mean, talking about fucking crazy powers, we gotta talk about fucking Maria McTaggart, who Hickman retconned to be one of the most powerful mutants ever. Um, I'm, I haven't actually read Hick- Hickman's X Men stuff since finishing. Um, House of X, Powers of X. So, I don't know if there's been sort of any development with with her with explanation of her powers. But, is, do you know, do they say what, what happens, what, what her power is all about in the X Men runs? The new ones,
0: she I, I don't think that I've seen her show up again since um, House of X and Powers of 10 have gone by. I don't think that she's been in there at all,
1: yeah. The, the idea that she's sort of the character that that resets the universe, I'm not quite sure how it works because the Hickman story, in many ways, feels like a very standalone pocket universe type of story. So I don't mm-hmm. quite know how it relates to the larger Marvel universe, but basically when she dies, everything resets. And if I'm not mistaken, the, 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 the X-Men we know and we read in the comics is like, her
0: life. Yeah, I, it, when I, they teased even ahead of time that she was going to be important, right? That there was going to be some key role that she played. I don't think I ever anticipated her having, like you said, not just such a, being so powerful, but being so important to all of reality. And so I think the question you asked, like, what is, what does her death mean for, I don't know, for Tony Stark, for, for the Hulk, like, is, is this all happening? These timelines that we see the X-Men going through, are these timelines that are branching off for everybody? But like you said, it seems like we're only... It's, it's very it's very much stuck here just focused on the X-Men. Yeah.
1: And again, you know, we always fucking talk about how, how cinematic X-Men stuff is. And this is the kind of shit that I would like to fucking see on screen as soon as they start adapting the X-Men stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree. Like what, what he's doing, I don't know how, I don't know how you can take what he's doing and go straight to it. Um, but what he did in, in those two limited runs is just was amazing. And you can, you can see it being a movie. It's I don't know if it's what, what I would even say the influences are, but certainly some, some heavy sci-fi stuff, some crazy things that I don't know, like, um, God, I can't even think of the name of the movie now. just totally lost it. But yeah, it's it's certainly got everything you need to make a a great science fiction movie. Um, Man, how do you start at that jump-off point? I don't know how you do that.
1: Talking about um, X-Men villains with cool powers, I've always dug how the Silver Samurai could only power his sword.
0: Such a weird such a weird character to begin with but such a like that that whole time in um in in Logan's life where he's decided to go off and and just live in Japan and and, and get into that culture was so interesting um yeah the, the silver samurai's powers are certainly limited
1: yeah i kind of want to see him power up a pencil to see what happens i kind of wish these films explored that instead of giving silver samurai an Iron Man armor.
0: Well, yeah, that would be the worst possible option, right?
1: You know, talking about Logan, I kind of... Talking about, I mean, the, Wolver- the Wolverine, rather. That, that armor stuff, I didn't hate as much when it came out. What I did hate was the old man wanting to become young. Yeah. That was a weird part, aspect of the Wolverine for me. The the Iron Man stuff, the the armor, the the samurai armor stuff, I could sort of maybe get past, but that whole thing with the old man being a dick because he wanted to become young that doesn't make sense.
0: No, that's a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> not not the best. What about as far as X Men villains go with with um, interesting powers? What about Black Tom Cassidy?
1: Is he the guy that? Um, that can absorb shit or is that Sebastian Shaw
0: that's Sebastian Shaw black Tom can basically like talk to plants um, and cool. like he, he has like bioenergy and he can can talk to plants he's, and he's crazy right like he's not mentally stable um, <laughs> but it's been it's been cool in the in the latest run because now he's connected to Krakoa so he's um, able to like talk to Krakoa and, and like manipulate parts of it so it's almost like what you'd think, um, like about Swamp Thing, those like those sort of um, powers, I guess, or what he's kind of rolling out there with now, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I mean that whole corner of the Hellfire Club is very has always been very interesting to me. Ember Frost, um, Sebastian Shaw, who absorbs powers. Um, in terms of characters who actually absorb powers, I kind of dig fucking strong guy. Who um his powers basically have to be expelled. Like when he when he absorbs that much energy, he has to fucking expel it. Or else his body permanently absorbs it. I've always found an aspect of his of his um, mutation very real. That he's gonna get more deformed the more damage he absorbs, but doesn't expel it.
0: So just continuing to he already looks weird enough, right? And he's gonna continue to look stranger and stranger as they go. Yeah. You know, yes. Who I missed from um, the, the 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 animated series and doesn't get into the comics enough anymore is Callisto, Callisto. The, the Morlocks. Oh, like, with the eye patch. Right.
1: Yeah, I, those those I characters are great. For a bit, for Callisto, wasn't wasn't the, wasn't Callisto in um, X Men: The Last Stand?
0: Yeah, a really poor version. Oh
1: yeah that's how we that's how I we know we're unfortunate me
0: yeah and i i think i i want to say she was in the animated series a lot but i know i read a lot of stuff somewhere along the line a few issues as a kid and she i don't even i don't even know if i could tell you what her powers were but she was very cool looking as a and and very like intimidating um as a as a i don't want to say a flat-out villain but she was definitely an antagonist um and i think she's even had times where she's helped him out but it was definitely pretty cool. Like I, I, I for whatever reason, in my head, I always associated it with Toad.
1: Have you finished the Rick Remender X Force run?
0: Nope. I'm in. I just started reading through that because I, I started reading Generation Hope, um, and now I'm into Remender's run on X Force, and I'm through like the first part of that where they sent all the Deathlocks back. So I think I'm through like the first seven issues.
1: I'm not sure if this is in Remender's run, but. One of the hor- horsemen of apocalypse had some very interesting abilities there. No, that are I you, just like,
0: read those. That's in the that's where you get like the first kid apocalypse. Um, and so you've got like the 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 horsemen are the one the lady can like she sends out the bugs. The one guy can give you all the different um, diseases. The the guy that plays the drums yeah. makes you go crazy, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Dude, that guy was when like, when I read that, I was like, "That's fucking sick." I don't know where, where I don't know where up fucking found that guy, but the guy, every time he beats his drum, people get fucking sick. I love that idea.
0: Yeah, they, and he said like that he's gives people gives people consumption by playing his drum, and he was oh, yeah. like killing people in the war.
1: It was sick. What are what are their names? Like, I fucking forgot what their their names I, were.
0: I don't remember, and I just read it. The other day,
1: I got a ho- four horsemen's of apocalypse. Because I mean, as far as um horsemen of apocalypse go, I mean, number one is clearly Archangel.
0: Oh, and, and they and see, this is this is the part of all the X Men stuff that I missed. Like, because I could never finish Age of Apocalypse, and then I quit reading some of this other stuff. I missed this whole arc for Warren that he's that I'm now experiencing of him like turning into Archangel and going completely crazy and and having this this alter ego like that pops out and he becomes a murderer i missed all that and now i'm now i'm kind of caught up on it and i I remember when i picked back up and started reading x-men comics again i was like what the hell happened to angel why is he a lunatic right like why is he fighting wolverine right now and but now i now that i've caught back up and and caught that uh arc it's, it's awesome and he is yeah he's absolutely incredible
1: yeah so i found I found the names of um these new horsemen. one guy's named Decimus Furious, one is Sanjar javid. the drummer is named Jebli, and the geisha with the with the bugs is um Ichisumi which again and, it's a it's a fucking sick lineup of um
0: horsemen yep and and that was um that in that same run we talked a little bit about this character before we got on. Um, they they were in such a bad spot, but Phantom X's uh, awesome powers kind of dug him out of a couple times. Um, his little misdirection powers and, and, and ability to make people see what isn't there, um, which is such a cool power. But we decided we couldn't talk about him because he's not a mutant.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's sort of mutant adjacent, which I guess, I mean, if you hang out with a lot of mutants and you're part of the team, I think... You can be a mutant. Um, last one, before we wrap, um, one last character I'm very, very interested in, I've always been interested in, is Cable and X-Men. How they're essentially the same character, two sides of, this, of the same coin, and they're sort of the same character, essentially. One has the techno-organic virus, and one has his powers fully maxed, because he doesn't have a virus to, to deal with.
0: And so, like, and that whole point with Cable, for those of you that aren't, like, super tuned in, Cable has the has the, t- the techno-organic virus, and he uses um, his powers, a, p- a percentage of them at least, to keep it at bay, to keep it from yep. taking over his body, right? So he's never he's never developed fully um, into the mutant he would become. He's obviously, like, a soldier and a, and a warrior and a strategist and super strong and still does have his powers. Um but he's had to use quite a bit of his powers just to keep himself alive. But
1: with X-Men, I mean, he's a fucking... He's on another level. Like I, I read an issue where it said that X-Men or Cable can essentially manipulate molecules with their mind. That's how fucking advanced their, um, their telekinesis is. They can just break things down down to its last atom, which makes them fucking terrifying
0: yeah at at full power would just be i don't know i don't know if there's like some sheet out there but like in my head the strongest the most powerful mutant is franklin richards um and i wonder where x-man goes on that list if he's like right there on par with franklin if he's um just a notch below or what
1: last one speaking of omega level mutants didn't hickman release like the, 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 the definitive list of Omega level mutants existing in the current canon of X Men. That was
0: yeah. in. And Jamie Braxton. Of-
1: yeah, let's see. I want to see. Before we wrap, I want to see who's here. Um, is this from Heckman Oh, yeah, here. Proteus, Kevin McPaggart, Elixir, who can sort of bring people to life. Monarch. what the fuck's Monarch? Vulcan is here. Exodus. Whoa, whoa, the fuck? He's a he's an Omega level I mutant. What the fuck? Mister M. What the fuck's Mister M? I don't know. I don't know any of these people. Hope Summers, Magneto, Storm, Legion, Quentin Quire, Franklin, Number One, Jean Grey. Is this the fucking Hickman one?
0: It was just no. I, you didn't say Jamie Braddock, right? So
1: uh, yeah, it's Jamie Braddock Jr. Monarch. I don't know what he does. Oh, okay. What does
0: he do? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I can explain his powers. He's crazy as shit, which is what I know. Um, yeah, here's the list, right? Hickman, they did it in 20, just at the end of last year, right? Yeah. You said Elixir, Monarch. Oh, yeah, so that's Jamie Braddock. Got it. War- He's a reality warper, and he can says he can pull on... Quantum strings to readjust the world around him as he sees fit, so he's capable of teleporting, warping bodies into painful, horrifying shapes, or completely unleashing chaos into the universe.
1: Well, shit! It's basically um, Thanos' Reality Stone in the MCU. What person, yeah, yeah. The Iceman, Mister M. Who the fuck's Mister M?
0: I'm gonna check out Mister M. It's like I didn't, I didn't realize that. Jamie Braddock had a had a fancy name, Monarch. Um, oh, is this the guy from Mutant Town? Mister M is. He's the he was like the weird old man that was walking around in X Factor.
1: So this is this guy's in Peter David's X Factor, which I gotta yep. to check out.
0: Yeah, okay. he was a fucking weirdo, but I didn't. He he definitely was a problem. Um, Hope Magneto have i have hopes powers like grown into something that made more sense like or is she just still like hey she can fix mutants and she's going to host the phoenix
1: yeah her powers have always been big for me but in this list it's saying that her true power lies in her ability to copy the powers of nearby mutants yeah using their power at its height and strength. So she basically steals powers and uses them at max potential. Well, I guess that's kind of cool.
0: I still I still am um, Franklin's my guy. I don't care that this list says Jean's number one.
1: Well, my number one here
0: is, has to be fucking Legion. You yeah, and at, at full capacity for sure.
1: I mean, they should fucking make an event where Legion and Monarch are like the big bats and Quentin Choir Quir-
0: have you have I've always thought like when is it gonna and it may have happened, I just haven't read it yet. But when is Quentin just gonna go completely off the rails and and be like the next Magneto?
1: He was sort of well not on Magneto's level, but he was sort of the big bad in Morrison's run, where he starts that riot at at the yeah. um,
0: Xavier School. He was a problem. He was definitely a problem, but I just he seems so he seems so destined to become awful (laughs) right yeah i i I think it would be great
1: well one 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 idea that i'm surprised they haven't done is like a is a book featuring all the the summers bloodline have they done that in the new ones
0: no and they've only even had them they've had them together um like in doing some adventures doing some space shit uh like in in short spurts but they haven't really had them you know, all out in one book by any means, no. But there's so many things that are coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if they actually started a team? Cyclops, Jean Grey, Havoc, Vulcan, their kids.
0: Um, Yeah, Cable.
1: Yeah, can you just fucking imagine what that's like? I'm surprised that hasn't been done. I'm surprised there hasn't been a summer-centric event for the X-Men where basically all the summers from other dimensions unite to for this big story basically one big giant summer verse
0: to fuck up sinister
1: they have to fuck up mr sinister mr sinister has
0: to be the big bad that's a that's a good idea we're gonna have to we can't publish this we can't air this now people are gonna steal our ideas Uh, all right guys that does it for episode 45 um next week i think we have a couple really cool ideas lined up Um, I guess I can we can maybe tease one of them. It's a little bit of a continuation of what we were just talking about where Charles and I are going to try to get to pick. We're going to limit ourselves to five and we're going to pick who would our X-Men team be that we'd send out into the field. And um, even now, as I'm talking to Charles about it, I think what might be really cool is if we could find like a couple other people that we could loop in in our talk next week. I know there's a bunch of people who have always said they'd love to guest on the show. So maybe next week we could, um, could try to yeah. wrangle a couple of them in here and see if we could get some, some more than just the two of us putting a team together. That would be pretty cool. So um, again, we hope you guys are all doing well. It's uh, you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel of all this guys. So hang in there. And, and if you, uh, you know, you need to go out and go for a run or do something and let it out, let it out. But, Stay healthy and stay safe, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. This is Charles Murphy signing off. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Charles Murphy. You can find
1: me on Twitter at CFS Webber. All right,
0: we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.